Uh, thank you for having me. My name is Athena. I work for a company called GemMaker, where we help and work with small to medium enterprises and technology transfer organisations to do market research, commercialisation strategy and marketing communications. Um, throughout this talk, I'm actually going to refer to Melissa um, over there to talk about Knowledge Commercialisation Australia. Um, in terms of what I'll talk about is the context of what we're doing in Australia and where we're at at the moment in terms of um, professional development and, and how it works and or doesn't work or works. So I guess in looking at what's really here the key ingredient and it's on similar paths to what Sean said, it's around working with people. And so for us it's looking at the divide between industry and research and finding people that can really bridge that culture gap. And so I've put up a picture of Sydney Harbour Bridge, not because it's just so gorgeous, but because I can see analogies to tech transfer about the bridge in Sydney the way people are to tech transfer. So you have people on the north side of the bridge that won't travel to the south side of the bridge. And they won't travel to the, to the north side because they have to pay a toll to get across. And they won't go back the other way because it's going to create, it's going to be some effort. And so our job, or a, the job within technology transfer is bridging that gap and it's working around that between industry and research to transfer that knowledge. So what are the key sort of areas that we look at? So I've taken the commercialisation cycle and you know you start off with a new idea, you have your invention disclosure, um, you go and evaluate it, you do market research, you do your due diligence on it, you work out whether there's actually worthwhile taking it through its paces, it's a commercial case for it, does it actually work, does it work commercially and then you work out it does work and you go market it and you might go and try and sell it or license it and then you realise that, oh, hang on, I could be doing this better or looking at a different marketplace. And so you end up going back through this circle. And so within the technology transfer offices throughout Australia, people might fulfil parts of this role or they might have to do the whole role. You might have some people that are specific just to marketing, but in other smaller organisations, a person will be expected to do all these different things. And so when you look at a person, they might not have all the skill sets necessarily required to fulfil all these different aspects. So just to give you a snapshot of where we are in Australia, we've got public funded research organisations and we're scattered throughout the major states. So that includes um, organisations like CSIRO, um, Commonwealth Scientific Industrial Research Organisation, ANSO, the Australian Nuclear Science Technology Organisation, the Defence Science Technology Organisation, and then NICTA. And so what you can see in quite a big country that we're really kind of spread out. And so there's, those organisations are, are scattered throughout. Then on top of that, you have the universities. So currently, I believe there's 42 um, universities there, about four um, uh, private universities, whereas the other 37 are publicly funded. And of those, you may have technology transfer officers or partner uh, industry engagement units. And over the last year or two, you've seen some changes within those offices. Either they've been moved to one side or to another faculty or under to another branch. And so as a result, it kind of changes the, the skill set that you might need in that office. 
Then the other organisations where you see technology transfer professionals too, or business development managers, is the cooperative research um, centres or organisations. And there's 39 of those organisations. And so where these kind of double up is that uh, the cooperative research centres uh, are, are mixtures of university players and business. And what they do is focus on key areas of, of research or applied research that are interesting to business. And so across that entire whole set, oh, the only other overlay I'm missing on here is medical research institutes, which there is about 33, I believe, um, give or take. And out of that, the last research Oh, the last report from government states that we have about 724 professionals in commercialisation um, across Australia. But this doesn't include those mentioned in the cooperative research organisation, so it's probably actually a bit, bit more. Um, out of that 724, the last report, which I think the data is not quite 100%, um, we have 20 registered tra technology transfer professionals and this number is growing. Um, the type of support that we get from, from the Australian government um, in 2012 and 13, it was 9.5 billion. So just to give you an idea of how much money is in, um, in our country towards it. And that's scattered across not just um, uh, universities, but also the um, publicly funded research organisations. And uh, some of that is also allocated back to um, other R&D for business. Um, so I'd like to throw it to Mel, who's the Executive Officer for KCA, to just give us a little bit of context to, on KCA. Okay, sure. Thanks, Athena. Um, so I'm just going to give you a bit of background as to the role of the association and how we aid in the professional development in Australia. Um, so research commercialisation is just on 50 years old in Australia. Like all new practices, it took time to figure out the best way to do things. And in the early days, it was the practitioners coming together to share their learnings with one another that really propelled the establishment of certain processes in the country. So it was this practitioner sharing of ideas is really how we helped, we helped to work out how things were going to be done. About 10 years after the first offices were established, uh, a formalised body was established to better enable that sharing of information between these new organisations and to really act as a vehicle to enable um, the conveyance of that um, information. So it really was quite instrumental in the formative years and I'm happy to say that the role that the association still continues to, to play today in terms of providing that vehicle for people to come together and share ideas and learn from one another and also to teach the next generation of professionals. Um, so that whole idea of teaching that next generation of professionals is um, the model that really underpins the type of training that we do. Um, we've actually got um, three particular courses that we offer. So these courses are all developed by practitioners, for, for practitioners, and they're also run by practitioners. So the first course we've got is a BEX practice in technology transfer. It's a course that we've actually licensed in from Praxis Unico, which is the UK association. We've modified it slightly to suit the Australian market, but it really gives an overview of the key issues relating to commercialisation of publicly funded research in Australia. 
The course itself is aimed at those professionals with minimum three months experience, anywhere up to five years, and we do manage to attract um, people within that breadth of um, experience just due to the varied nature of the roles that people have without, within their career. Um, people might start off in one place, but they might move on um, to different roles just to get that variation and as a way of um, career development. Um, I think the, the real value in that course is the, the connections that people make and the relationships cultivated by attending the course with the other practitioners. Um, a new course that we're looking to develop is the advanced licensing course. And the reason that we're doing an advanced licensing course as our next course is just purely due to member demand. It's an area where they'd like some additional training. So we've got a group of volunteers um, providing the content for that course. Uh, I just want to state too, the volunteers are really important in the professional development in our country. Without those practitioners that with a passion for the, the profession, we wouldn't be able to offer such training. So it's really valuable in, um, in Australia for, um, for using the volunteers to help with that side of things. And the, our final course that we're developing is a business development course, which um, is a real reflection of the shift and the change in how technology transfer is done. And Sean was mentioning in the, his talk how you know commercialisation used to be seen as this linear process, whereas now it's not. It's not considered linear at all. It's about building relationships and going out there and finding out the needs of companies. And that's what this course is really aiming to do: is to try and teach some of those um, those more soft skills. Um, I guess one point I just want to make too. Um, so these courses aren't necessarily designed to teach practitioners everything that they need to do. Um, rather, they're designed just to accelerate the learning around the core principles and prepare our professionals to face common occurring scenarios. Thanks, Mel. So just in, in addition to KCA, the other associations that are out there within Australia that are related and are complementary is um, Oz Biotech and there to promote the growth of the Oz biotechnology industry. So you'll see a lot of um, business development managers that are members of KCA are also members of Oz Biotech and they'll run forums and events specifically around um, technology and commercialisation in, in that field. Um, the other t three groups is the Australian Industrial Research Group and this body is, for the prof is a professional body for managers responsible for technological innovation, so for R&D managers. So it's kind of a crossover as well. Um, the last two, the Licensing Executive Society Australia and New Zealand, I've, I've tend to notice that um, people dealing with contracts or, or lawyers within Australia tend to be members of this. Um, I can't say many of my co fellow colleagues who are business development managers would be. And then the last is the Institute of Patent and Trademark Attorneys of Australia. Um, so what do we know about how our competencies um, stack up? What do we know about our capabilities? Um, we don't have a lot of data on, on how we measure up. Um, normally the me metrics are on, on performance rather than what person does or doesn't know. But generally speaking, um, most people that come into this area and may have a PhD, will have a science or business-based degree. Um, they might have previous experience either in business or in industry or as a scientist or even as an academic. Um, or they might have an MBA. Now, what 
this mixture looks like changes from organisation to organisation throughout Australia, depending on where their real focus is. And sometimes this changes with management over time. So, but this is a good indicative general mix of what the goal is. Um, I thought I'd just give you a quick snapshot of one of what one organisation does with respect to looking at career development and, and path. And what they've completed is a roadmap for uh, a person who's working in this field. And they've looked at it, what, what, what should this person look like before they get recruited? What should they look like after 90 days, so after three months of being in the job that they've been inducted? And then what are, should they look like two years on? And so they've looked at the capabilities that you need in terms of leadership, um, core, so looking at those um, things around business acumen, um, how you communicate with others, which we heard Sean talk about being really kind of important, and how you play with others. And then also looking at that technical side, which Sean also mentioned too. So usually there might be um, requiring some sort of technical bent depending on the technology area they're focused on. Um, the second part of this, this roadmap is then looking at those capabilities and how you might actually fulfil um, or, or meet them. And so the answer isn't always doing a training course, but it might be. So it might be looking at a specific capability and saying, okay, to actually meet this, we can send them on this course that's over here on sales and to be able to meet that. However, some of the things that we do actually require on-the-job experience. And so it's being able to identify, okay, let's get them working on this project around licensing this technology so they can do it. Or mentoring or shadowing someone else on the job to get that experience. So it's taking that into consideration. Um, and what that looks like from day one to you know, 90 days in is quite different to then what it looks like down to, looks like two years later down the track. And so this is just a snapshot of what one company does and how they do it. Other organisations might look at your um, job description and role profile and they might actually be quite hands-off and it's up to the individual to, to work through this. Um, but I quite like the way that they did it because it meant the manager was involved, the employee was involved, and there's that self-analysis and self-reflection about how to um, fulfil, like, how, how to become someone in this profession. Um, so what I'd like to finish off telling you about is one of the more recent um, good news stories. So Knowledge Commercialisation Australia, KCA, applied for a great grant late last year and um, received um, the grant to go ahead to do research on identifying the skills um, required to do this job in Australia and then analyse the, the skill gap within, within the country to see where we can improve or basically develop a roadmap or a strategy going forward to, to fill those gaps. But not only just us looking at ourselves like for uh, people within technology transfer looking at themselves, but also asking our stakeholders and industry to reflect back on it. How can we do better and how can we improve on it? So that we can develop a framework for professional development in, within the Australian context. And so we'll be starting that hopefully in the next month or so. So if um, I'm very interested at the moment to hear about other people's stories in terms of the context of their country and, and how they do professional development. So please come and have a chat to me this afternoon um, if you can, that'd be great. Um, the last thing I'd like to say is KCA is a founding member of um, the Alliance for Technology Transfer Professionals and as a result 
being able to be in a, a have that accreditation and have that global standardisation. So we're hoping that we can feed those results back in and, and work with the international community um, to to uh, better increase the standards. Thank you.